Oh uh-huh. 
Enjoying the light show? It's good, man. It's lighting.
supposed to tell everybody to sit down because they're still eating and yakking but everybody's already done it I think we should do that every every week yeah right yeah so I want to, uh, I want to welcome you to life fellowship my name's Carl um, we've got a, a bit of a different um, service uh, for you today normally we get to hear from Pastor Kenny over here he typically teaches us out of the Bible we're gonna have a couple of different things uh, going on today if uh, if you haven't already gotten a snack plenty of food I think there's is there any food left <laughs> Baptists. If you're a visitor and you haven't gotten a raffle ticket, I think Dave was passing those out a little while ago. If you're uh, definitely, if you're a visitor, get a raffle ticket. If you're a member, don't get a raffle ticket because you'd be stealing a gift from a visitor, and that's bad. Unless I win, then it's fine. Um, so as we get started here today, or before we get started here today, um, I think Kenny is going to come up. We have uh, we have a 
We're going to jettison one of our members for a little while. Where is Where did he go? Oh, there he is. Jeff Gray is leaving us for Romania, right? On Wednesday. Just for a week, though. Okay, just for, well, that's, I guess that's good. Um, it'll, be, it'll be all right. All right, good everyone. Jeff, can you come on up? So, and then Todd, where's Todd Franks? So, uh, to Carl's point, Jeff will be leading a mission trip to Romania. You'll leave Wednesday, right? And uh, this is your first time leading a mission trip, right? So we need to pray. <laughs> For a lot of reasons we need to pray, yes. So let me just tell you. So I was approached a few months ago, maybe a little longer, by one of the pastors, and he said, what do you think about Jeff Gray leading a mission trip? There was no hesitation. My, my only thing was, if he has capacity, absolutely. And uh, I, this guy is an absolute delight to lead and work with and walk with in ministry. Uh, he has three traits that are very precious in the sight of the Lord, and they mean the world to me. He's faithful, he's humble, and he's teachable. I mean, this guy is a breath of fresh air. I love him, thank God for him, and I know God's gonna use him. And so we wanna pray for Jeff this morning and, uh, and then continue praying for Jeff as he leads this trip. Todd, uh, who also leads Jeff with me, probably spends more time with Jeff than I do, uh, can say amen to those things about Jeff. So uh, Todd, can you just lead us in prayer and as we uh, uh, trust the Lord uh, to work with Jeff this week and the coming week, so. All right, so join me in prayer, please. Father, we thank you for this morning and all that it means, Lord, the resurrection. Um, God, it, it's, it's truly what has made the difference in our lives, and I'm thankful that we get to celebrate together, and I'm thank, thankful, Lord, for, for Jeff and for him leading this trip to Romania. Lord, I, I pray that um, as he and the team go, even as they prepare, I pray that they'd be full of your spirit, Lord, I pray that they would walk with you this week in preparation. God, I pray that while they're on the ground in Romania, that you would give them open doors to preach the gospel, God. There's lots of religious people there that, that don't truly know what it means to know you and, and to and then have not truly accepted the gospel. And so I pray that they would open doors for that. And I pray that you would use Jeff, give him wisdom and discretion as he leads. God, I pray that he would decrease and that you would increase in his life. I pray um, for his family at home. I pray for Corey and Gavin and Cooper. God, I pray that you would bless them and protect them. I pray that they would feel your love um, in Jeff's absence and that you would take care of them. And God, ultimately, I pray that this trip would, would fall out to your glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, like I said, it's, uh, things are just a little bit different uh, this morning, and we are going to uh, have a special treat. Where's Linda Thomas? Where'd she go? Are you ready? Okay, so to, to start things off this morning, we're going to have a couple of testimonies, uh, and the first one will be from Linda Thomas. Uh, I know Linda's been a blessing to me and, and my wife. Uh, we love Linda dearly, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Good morning, everyone, and happy Easter Sunday. Um, this is my testimony, and I hope it will speak to your hearts. Growing up, my mom and dad were in the home. 
Although we were a blended family, they raised us as sisters and brother and to respect each other and those around us, especially adults and elder folks. My parents took us to Sunday school and church on Sundays. So I heard about Jesus, but the hellfire and brimstone sermons terrified me. I remember one of the assistant pastors, Reverend Ashford, would recite Psalms chapter one to us grade school kids every Sunday morning. I believe he knew this psalm would be a reminder to stay away from bad kids and making bad choices while we were growing up. It helped me, but believe me, I was no saint. I had a lot of good childhood memories and some bad ones too. You know, my parents would always tell us when we were in the home, when you get 18, you can move out. When you get 18, you can move out. So at 18, I disrespected my mother and I told my dad and mom that I was moving out. I thank God, I thank God. He gave me the opportunity several years ago to go to them and ask them for forgiveness for how I treated them. From age 20, I always had good jobs. But of course, my daily life was all about me and what I could do for me. I was okay, but there was this emptiness inside me, especially in my heart. I could never feel it. At age 26, I began working at Bendix, which is now in Honeywell, a career that lasted 33 years, longer than some of you are alive. I had it all, so I thought. My own place, a great paying job, a career, clothes, my own car, not a lot of friends, because that would mean relationships and dealing with a lot of people and their problems. Oh, don't get me wrong, I cared about people. I was nice, polite, respectful, but I didn't want to get close with people because you know people hurt you. I didn't do the club scene because drinking and smoking wasn't my thing. And I always had this in the back of my mind, Linda Dancer would be at the club and get shot. That wouldn't be the headline. So I was afraid to go to a club. I had a lot of goals academically, but it seemed as though I could never accomplish them. Something always got in the way. I knew God was missing in my life because my conscience would not let me rest about knowing God and his son, Jesus Christ. At this time in my life, I didn't know it, but there were godly people praying for me to be delivered from the life I was living. At this time, life had no meaning for me, and I had even contemplating taking my life. Thank God that didn't happen. One day I was at work, 
And I thought about a scripture verse that I remembered when I went to church with my parents. James chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to men, that give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given him. So I asked myself, if I lack wisdom, which I do, and ask God, he'll give me that wisdom generously and he will not find fault with me. So I began asking God questions like, God, who are you? God, who is this Jesus Christ? And what does he want with me? God, why was I born? God, why doesn't anything ever go right for me? God, why am I so empty? God, I want to know you. I had decided to find the answers to those questions. When I got off work, I drove to the Baptist bookstore on 40 Highway in Chrysler to buy a Bible. When I got home, I started reading Genesis and would read until I fell asleep. Every day after work and on weekends, I would come home and read. Eventually on Sunday mornings, I would start looking for church programs to watch on TV. I started watching In Touch with Pastor Charles Stanley. I could follow along with him in my Bible. I must admit, I didn't understand a lot of things he was saying. But I held on to that verse in James chapter 1 and verse 5. Remember it, y'all? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given him. On Sunday, May 21st, 1989, I got ready for church. I got my Bible. I sat down and flipped the TV on to in touch with Pastor Charles Stanley. As I listened to him preach, I heard God begin to answer the questions I had. The message was what really happened at the cross and why it was necessary that the blood of Jesus Christ be shed. He explained why Jesus Christ came to this earth to save mankind and why I'm a sinner. That my sin separated me from having a relationship with a holy and loving God. At the end of that message, I knew that my sin separated me from Jesus Christ. I was a sinner and I was convicted. At the end of the TV broadcast, I got down on my knees, confessed that I'm a sinner. I deserve to be punished for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you love me and you died on the cross for me. I want to turn from my sins and I place my faith in you as my only hope of salvation. Please come into my heart and life. Please save me, Lord Jesus. A gigantic weight was lifted off of me and joy flooded my heart. That day, I knew I belonged to God. 
Pastor Charles Stanley instructed those who had prayed to receive Jesus Christ to pray for God to send me to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church and begin to read the book of John in the New Testament. In five months, God used a co-worker to invite me to the Kansas City Baptist Temple. After the service, the invitation was given, and I went forward to the altar and shared my salvation testimony. I knew from reading my Bible, my next step of obedience was baptism. I was baptized at the Sunday evening service and invited to learn about discipleship and attend Bible study that Monday. The next day, I met Deb Mulder at Bible study and soon after began discipleship with her. Discipleship is a one-on-one -on -one mentorship. In discipleship, I learned how to be established in the worship of God, the word of God, the local church and ministry. God did not leave me to myself. He placed me in a local church where I continue to grow in God's grace. God really loves me and he loves each of you too. Presently, my husband Arnold and I attend Midtown Baptist Temple with Pastor Sam Miles as the senior pastor. We have been married for 26 years. We serve in hospitality and attend life fellowship with Pastor Kenny Morgan. As I continue to grow in my relationship with Christ, I've learned I will never be perfected until I'm with my Lord Jesus Christ and Savior in heaven. Thank you. Now, my words are coming to you. All right, good morning, guys. All right, my name is Mark Rhodes. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, um, that is my beautiful wife, Carla, in the back there in the green dress. So uh, you may have met her. She was actually able to, to hang out for a little bit with you guys this morning. So Linda, thank you for sharing. Um, just like Linda, I have a, a testimony of salvation as well that I'd like to share with you guys. Um, a, a few weeks back, I actually shared this with Life Fellowship briefly. Um, so if you've already heard this, this is a little bit extended version, but man, um, I'm just glad to be able to, to share it at all. And it's not because I'm a big deal, but because Jesus is a big deal, because of what he has done in my life and anybody who is saved because of what he's done in their lives. Um, so we all have a testimony, right? And uh, at this point, I, I just want just to point to the Lord and, uh, and share with you how there's been nothing but his grace in my life. And I can look back and see that even when I didn't have him in, in my life as, as uh, my personal savior, right? So so growing up, um, I was a pretty decent kid. I was in a big family, one of seven kids. Uh, my dad wasn't in the house a lot uh, growing up for different reasons. And so uh, my mom had a lot on her plate, right? So I didn't get in trouble a lot just because I didn't get caught a lot. Uh, so, you know, so I was pretty good, right? But, um, you know, from a young age, growing up in the, the area that I grew up in and, and the school that I grew up in, I was exposed to a lot of things that, you know, young kids shouldn't be exposed to. Uh, I knew a lot about intimacy and, and, and things like that that I shouldn't have known about. Um, learned all the, uh, all the cuss words that I needed to know by like second grade, man, um, in English and even in French. So, you know, the ones that you say, like, excuse my French, and then you say English words. Um, anyway, knew them all. And, and this really led to 
uh, just a, a mind that was just corrupted, man. Um, I thought wrong. I had, you know, I lusted after things that I shouldn't have lusted after. And I, I just spoke in a filthy way, um, you know, not around everybody, but God knew, right? God knew what I was talking about and when I was talking about those things. And so, um, you know, growing up, I did go to church. Uh, my mom would take us to church and I, uh, I didn't really learn the Bible there. The, the whole Bible wasn't really being taught. Uh, we weren't really encouraged to read the Bible and study it for ourselves. So it was more of just a, a, a religious kind of motions thing that you just kind of go, you show up, you do your thing and go home and, and nothing changed. Uh, I would just go through the motions. And uh, so I was, it was void of a relationship uh, with God. And for me, I, I didn't get anything out of it. So, um, you know, at this point, I, I had seen, seen pictures of Jesus, right? And like Jesus up on the cross and different things. And man, honestly, when I was younger, I thought that the guy that was up preaching was Jesus because he had long hair and a beard and a robe. And it legit looked like that guy that I'd seen the pictures of. So I was like, well, Jesus is talking to us. I guess we'll listen. He's an important guy. But I still, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord at this point in my life. And so this led to a belief in God, um, but no, no real relationship, no real faith. Uh, again, it just didn't make sense for me to be there. You know, when I was younger, my mother did teach me to pray. Uh, she taught me the importance of prayer. And I'm thankful to know I was thankful at that point to know that I could pray, but I didn't understand the power of prayer. I didn't understand what it really meant when I was praying. Um, you know, and I really, I essentially was following my mother's faith because she was like the most faithful person that I knew in my life at that time. So I was just kind of following her and her faith. But again, it wasn't my own. So, you know, she trusted God to take care of our family, to provide for us. Um, and he definitely did. You know, we didn't always have money for things. We didn't always have nice clothes, and we weren't able to travel. I uh, didn't have the extra things in life, but we never went hungry, never went without a meal, and we, we never went without a roof over our heads, so I'm thankful for that. All right? And looking back, I can see that God worked out a lot of miraculous things uh, in our family, and he still continues to, but just in order to keep us alive, uh, in order to keep us in a place where he was providing for us, you know, just random acts of kindness from strangers um, giving us money. I don't know why they just see us and give us money. I guess we looked at that poor. But, uh, you know, they give us clothes, man, like clothes and, and toys would mysteriously show up on our doorstep right before Christmas. And uh, nobody knew where they came from. So somebody was looking out, right? Um, these are times when my parents had nothing to give us for Christmas, but then we would end up getting things for Christmas. And it was like, man, it was awesome, right? You know, of course, my prayers were like, Lord, give me toys, right? And he did answer those too. But no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't about that, right? Like, I didn't understand what I was praying for, but I'd be like, oh, God, if you just give me this new walkie-talkie, man, like, you know, I'll change my life, right? So God did answer prayers, um, truly answered the prayers of my mother. I know that much. So we were taken care of, but, you know, I still didn't know who Jesus actually was. But God gave me an opportunity to, to find out who Jesus was. When I was about 15 years old. I went to another church's youth hangout over the summer uh, with some buddies of mine, and the gospel was preached there. And it was preached so clearly, I finally understood, I understood what I was doing in my life 
And the things that I was speaking and the way that I was thinking, it was wrong, right? I understood that I was a sinner. I understood what separated me from God, and I felt the weight of that sin. You know, I wanted to know that I could have peace, and I didn't know where to get that, but, but the gospel was shared. Um, and looking back on that, you know, that was the day that I, that I did believe. I believed that Jesus made a way to have a right relationship with God. I believe that Jesus died for the, uh, for the penalty of the sin over my life personally. Uh, he was buried and then he rose again. So that was a good day for me. You know, it was a great day. The Bible says that I was saved at that point, and, and I was saved, but I had no idea what to do with that. Uh, I had my ticket to heaven, but I didn't know what to do. Uh, I didn't really have any men in my life at that point that would, that would take me alongside and, and show me how to walk that faith out and how to, to actually follow the Lord, right? Any spiritual leaders. And so um, I, I just kind of kept this to myself. I kept this salvation to myself, and I did my best to not do and think wrong, but eventually I gave up on that, uh, and I'd continue to just live the same way that I did before I was saved. Um, you know, I was convicted of the wrong thoughts and behavior, but I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to change that. So, again, I wasn't reading my Bible. I didn't know anything about what the Word of God said, and so my life didn't change a lot at that point. Fast forward, I did, I did leave the church uh, as soon as I could get a job, and I focused on making money, and just like Linda talked about, man, it was like that was, man, we got our freedom, right? And that was what I was looking for, and, and I didn't know it at the time, but that freedom that I got for myself was actually just bondage to the world uh, you know, I had bills to pay and things like that that kept me busy and kept me away from having good relationships. You know, but in my mind, I was able to do what I wanted. I got to go hang out with my friends. I got to go party with them and uh, drink and smoke and speak however I wanted to and pursue my dreams, right? Um, you know, I figured I was just going to be a rock star because I could live the life that they were living. But as a young man, you know, I pursued relationships with women that were... They really were just fixer-uppers, and they, uh, they weren't good women. They weren't godly women. They weren't women that actually cared about me, and there was no true love there. It was just lust, infatuation, uh, and this really this led to a place of depression, which another thing that I hid from most people, because uh, I didn't feel truly loved by anybody except, like, my mom, right? Um, but I felt empty, and I longed for a relationship, and I was hoping that a woman would would fill this void that I had in my life. And wherever she lacked, you know, alcohol and, and Mary Jane would make up for that. Uh, but it was all vain. And, you know, it, 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 didn't, it didn't fulfill. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved me, he broke that cycle that I was in when I was 27 years old. He, uh, he brought a woman into my life that was a godly woman. And she would lead me back to church. And at that time, you know, the church was actually teaching me the Bible. And they encouraged us to read it and study and know it for ourselves. And through God's word and his spirit and the body of Christ that I was surrounded by, my life did turn a 180. And it brought me to a place where I was finally established and a relationship with my Heavenly Father, a genuine, fulfilling relationship that I didn't need anyone else to fulfill, right? God was able to free me from guilt and shame that I carried with me most of my life. 
I learned how to work out my salvation. I finally learned how to walk in the newness of life that I had been given, and I learned what it was to truly repent. I gave my life to serving the Lord and his people. I cleaned up my life. I, I gave up the partying and the things that go along with that. I, I cleaned up my language and how I spoke to others, and I put off the old man and put on the new. And I gained an amazing wife in the process, and I thank God for her, man, because had God not used her in that, that process to, to get me away from the life that I was living, I don't know where I'd be. God's so good. And, I, and I, didn't, I realized I didn't need a wife. I didn't need a woman to fulfill that, right? But that was just like an added bonus, man. So I really was finally starting to understand my role in the world, and, and it wasn't to be of the world. Uh, so that's, that's my testimony in a nutshell. And, you know, again, anyone who is saved... Uh, man, they have a testimony, and there's a point where in their life, God came in and changed things, right? This moment where things turned for them. And, you know, since learning how to walk out my salvation and learning what that looks like biblically, God continues to be faithful to work on my heart and my mind. You know, I haven't arrived, man, but there's a process of sanctification that takes place over the course of our life. Um, and I've gained so much more than I could have ever thought that I lost from my past life. And being a part of this local church, being a part of the body of Christ, man, being a part of a family that loves and encourages me, wants to see me walk with the Lord and prays for me, you know, that's support that you don't get from the world. And God is so faithful, man. He has even allowed me to, to serve in ways that I never would have imagined you know, I have the privilege of leading a Bible study here every other week uh, here in this building, actually, on Thursday nights. And, and it's not because I'm a Bible scholar now. Like, I'm still learning, man. But, but by God's grace, he gives me an opportunity to be with my brothers and sisters and just open the Bible and learn together. You know, I've, I've got the privilege to, to lead worship here and there. And, and that's no small thing, you know. God is worth everything. And those that ascribe worth to God. Those that, that recognize how much God is worth, they worship. And so, man, this is just, it's something that I get to do. It's something I get to be a part of by God's grace. And so, you know, if you asked me 10 years ago what I would have been doing now, none of this would have been on my radar. None of this, guys. I would have thought it, I've been a completely different place, but, but I can honestly say that, man, I, I thought I would have been single the rest of my life, I thought I probably would have just died alone. And that's, that's depressing, man. Um, I had no idea what God had in store for me. And I, I just thank him for it. You know, and, and through the process of, of being here as well, I had a chance to, to have godly men come alongside me and show me what it was to follow after the Lord. And, man, one of these men is Larry Smith, uh, who took me through discipleship and continues to disciple me to this day. And man, that's nothing but God's grace. And so I'm so thankful. Uh, with that, uh, Larry, would you would you come up and and share what you have as well? Thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter! Thanks for coming today on this beautiful, beautiful day. I'm about blessed to get to teach quite a bit here at Midtown, but this story I've never told before. Easter to me is kind of a, a happy, sad kind of thing, kind of, kind of love it, but dread it a little bit. 
It was wonderful as a kid to do Easter egg hunts, and I love jelly beans even now. My kids love doing the same things. But it's also sad. Shortly after Midtown started, in its very early days, my 83-year-old dad fell sick around Easter time. And this is when Midtown was about this many people. And we came here to church on Easter Sunday, and it was a day like this. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. But went home, and I got a phone call from the hospital. Larry, you better get over here. Your dad's in, in some very, very serious cardiac arrhythmias. And he'd had strokes before. He'd had a big, big stroke uh, several weeks back. He'd been relatively stable, but, but this wasn't looking good. He was a fabulous dad. He was a master machinist. He was an incredible tennis player, even late into his 70s. But his body was giving up. So I rushed over to the hospital. And, and I was just fearful because I wasn't 100% sure that he was going to go to heaven. And the end was coming fast. And I got there and he was wide awake, totally coherent. He understood what was going on. He said he didn't want to be resuscitated. His left side was completely gone. He couldn't see out of one eye. He could barely see out of the other. But we got to talk, and I'd like to go through with you what, what we spoke about where God gives us absolute assurance that we can know for sure we're going to heaven. I explained to him what Easter Sunday was. Easter Sunday, the greatest day ever was the birth of Jesus Christ. One of the worst days in history was the day he was crucified. But then the day he rose from the dead is what gave us life. He paid for our sins so we could have a free way to heaven. The Bible, if you want to look at the first verse here, it says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It goes on to say, but God sent his son not in the world to condemn the world. It was totally out of love. But the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the holy begotten son. So we talked to my dad about, about why he needed salvation. The fact that all of us, even good people, sin so many times. Think about it. When, when you stand before God and he says, have you ever told a lie? How do you plead, innocent or guilty? Ooh. How many times? Ooh. And you just go through the list. Even good, good people need a Savior, need the love of God. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There, no matter how good we are, no matter how bad we are, we're sinners. And God's digital. Either you're a sinner or your sin's been paid for. There's no in-between. There's no, like when I was a little kid, I thought, well, maybe if my good outweighed my bad, maybe I could get into heaven. That's not how God works. And the Bible says there's nothing except Jesus that gets us to heaven. And think about this. Every major religion in the world has a list of rules, doesn't it? And those rules are very, very similar. Don't steal, don't kill, don't lie. Only one has the remedy for all those thousands of times that we do sin. 
Only Jesus Christ died on the cross and was buried and rose again to pay for my sin. Mohammed can't say that. Buddha can't say that. None of the other religions in the world can say that. We have the perfect remedy to make up and pay for those times that we did fail God. We can't get there on our own. The Bible very, very clearly, I could put bunches of verses up here. Go to the next verse if you would. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Ephesians says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Many, many people confuse the parts of the Bible that are written to Christians that say, do good things to draw more to Christ with what it takes to become a Christian. Good works are commanded of Christians. Baptism is commanded once you've been saved. But they don't do anything to make you less guilty of sin. And so I had to explain that to my dad. And he understood. He was more coherent than almost any time ever. Thank goodness for that. But each person is offered this gift like it says. God's holding that gift out to you. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want this free gift of salvation? You can have it. But it's on God's terms and God's ways. We don't get to write the rules for God. The next verse says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Again, it's based on belief, on faith, not on anything we do. Nobody's going to get to the gates of heaven and pound on them and say, let me in, I'm such a good person. But only Jesus Christ that paid for our sin allows us in. Then I talked with my dad about how to receive Christ and to truly accept him. And and we'd been through this before, but I had no faith in my heart that he'd really meant it fully by faith, not by anything else. But the Bible says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, Thou shall be saved. There's no maybe, there's no might. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He goes on to say, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God would not leave something so important up to doubt. Nobody's going to get to the judgment hoping they get in. It's already settled. Either it's a yes or a no. It's a, you've accepted the gift or you haven't. Now the condition of accepting the gift is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You've heard two testimonies where people were living their life one way. They realized who Jesus was. They accepted him as the Lord of their life and committed to following him. Now, there's a lot of people that preach the gospel and just say, oh, say a little prayer, go to heaven. Saying a little prayer will not get you to heaven. It's a heart change that says, 
I was going in this direction. I was living my own life for me. I've made these mistakes. It's saying, I have to turn to the Savior and confess Him as the Lord, the Master, the leader of my life. And that, plus believing that He died and was buried and rose again, that's faith, saves us. And that is the most important thing anyone can ever do. My dad made a profession of faith very clearly. He believed. And 20 minutes later, God took him. So Easter's kind of happy, sad to me. Delighted that my dad's in heaven. Delighted that God was merciful enough to give that chance. But sad that I lost my dad on Easter. But nothing would make us happier or make God happier than if someone here clearly understood the gospel and accepted it today. So if you're not sure, come talk to one of us. Talk to whoever you came with. Make certain today that when it's time, you will go to heaven. And not just that, but everyone talked about the life they lived before they were saved. And boy, I can add to that list. And what it's like afterwards, serving the Lord, having meaning for life, having purpose, seeking joy, not just the happiness of this world that fades and falls apart right before your eyes, but that joy of doing what God put you here to do and called you to do and empowers you to do. So I just pray if anybody here isn't sure that they are going to heaven, come talk to us. We'll be delighted to speak to you. Mark? All right, so uh, we're going to sing one more song. Uh, before we get out of here. And, and, and I just want to invite you to, to sing along if you know it. Uh, you can stand and sing. If you need to sit and pray for a minute, that's fine too. Uh, but again, like Larry said, if you have any questions, let us know. We're so glad for the visitors that came today. It is great to have new faces around here, and I hope we get a chance to meet some of you before we leave today. Uh, but man, thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us.
Wounds have been.